game is so beautiful, you know. Come play. The page dynasty is the newest rage. Maybe you've played, maybe you've made a trade. Made list, and now these fish are all up on ya. I mean, you won three ships, they wish they had your. So, this is it. You wanna learn the game. 101 pick when it hits, you feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Owner's Manual. It's automatic D- dynasty. It, it's automatic owner's manual. It, it, it's automatic D- dynasty. It, it's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors: Chris Allen and A- A- Adam Wildy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Chris Allen at Chris Allen FFWX, and I'm Adam Wildy at. AP Wildy, and I'll get us started with the foreword. First, we've got shirts from the company that our guest runs, FF underscore Outfitters. Check them out. I've got mine. Very comfy. Next, we've got the Debbie Owner's Manual. Don't forget to check that out, especially this time of year. That's run by Dwight Peebles and Andrew Harbaugh. They're doing a great job. And then get pumped for Best Ball Owner's Manual with Brad Reyes. He's going to do a great job, and that'll be starting soon. And I'm totally looking forward to all of those things. And uh, best ball season is in full effect, everybody. And uh, actually, I just had my first article from Fantrax drop earlier today, looking at the 2018 data, some of the trends I was able to find. So if you get a chance, go ahead and check that out over at Fantrax.com. And I'm also joining a couple of best ball leagues, even here in now in February, just to see kind of what the ADP is looking like, where people are taking Patrick or Mahomes. Uh, which is like I saw in my best ball league today. Somebody took him at the 1.04. Not even kidding. Uh, so it is kind of wild with the ADP right now. So definitely uh, get the information that you need. So check out Fantrax and uh, try and get some of that information before you hop into some of the lobbies. But we're here tonight with one of our appreci- most appreciative guests here tonight uh, because just a quick backstory for everybody that doesn't know. Uh, when I first started writing actually before i even started writing i saw a guy tweeting on my timeline it got retweeted i forget who retweeted on my timeline but he was asking to for writers and if you're interested in writing about fantasy football to shoot him a little questionnaire you know about what you would want to write about uh what's your what's your passion and all that and so i filled it out Uh, i started talking to this guy for a little bit and then I joined the writing staff over at Fantasy Football Couch Coach. And actually for, I would say, a solid four or five months writing over at ffcouchcoach.com, I actually, everybody called our guest tonight Coach. That's what everybody called him. I had no idea what his first name was. Everyone just called him Coach. Coach, you're up. You're on the clock. We would be drafting. We started the Best Ball Dynasty League uh, with some of the other writers there on staff at the time. And everyone was like, Coach, you're on the clock. Coach this, coach that, or whatever. And I'm sitting there talking to myself like, what the heck is this guy's name? So after a few months, I finally got up the nerve to ask him. I was like, what the heck is, you know, what is your name, man? And of course, his name, as you, as you guys all well mo- uh, mostly know him, it is Justin Barlow. It is the Fantasy Football Couch Coach here with us tonight. Uh, it's been a long time coming, my friend. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for giving me the platform uh, in order to get my name out there. 
and start writing. And of course, we welcome you here tonight to start talking about off-season themes and what people do during the off-season. And I know we were talking a little bit and uh, riffing on that uh, before we started recording. But, uh, I mean, before we even get into any of the Dynasty stuff, I mean, can you tell us, uh, can you give us a quick backstory of FFCC, man? Because I, I, I'm already missing it. It's only been a few months uh, since uh, since it went down, but I'm, I'm missing it, man. How did all, how did all that get started? Well, man, <clears throat> thanks, you, uh, thanks for all that. I uh, really appreciate that. That was a a very welcoming <laughs> intro. Yeah, as, as you uh, as, as you kind of pointed out, I, I've, I've been I've been a little on the silent side. You know, I, I I've been the guy that wanted to give other people a voice because there was a time where I was on Twitter, just you know, in the background, just listening to podcasts and kind of hovering around, seeing seeing what I can get in front of my uh, my friends, like things like that. In my only, just that's that's all it was for. Didn't have any kind of presence. Didn't know anybody, anything like that. But the more I hovered, the more I saw. Like these guys had a had a click. These guys, I mean, like the bigger the bigger podcasts. Back then, it was like Rummy, and I, I can't remember the the name of the podcast, but it was good. Uh, you had Evan Silva and Lord Reeves. Like they were, you could tell, like they were on the cusp of something, and like they were doing it, and like. You just heard it every every week. I'm like, man, they're just pumping out that content. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, the, the more I, I, I kind of hovered on Twitter back in the day, I started to comment on little things here and there. And I had somebody approach me. And when I say approach, they, they sent me a DM. I can't remember the website. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to be a writer. And I kind of thought about it for a second. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, first of all, it like, you know, I was honored. It, I was surprised didn't expect it that type of thing but then i thought about it and i'm like well why would i give my stuff to someone else if i could just write it myself because i'm a graphic designer that's like a little bit of my background i can build websites do logos things like that that's what i did in october of 2014 i built ff first it started out with the twitter like i said but i was just uh kind of thinking to myself i'm like man like you know, I knew all these kind of guys had all these niches. Like there was a lot of analytics popping up at the, at the time, and now, like, it's now coming kind of to the, to the forefront where analytics are they're having a leg to stand on, and people are listening up. Well, I don't know these things. That's not how my brain works. I'm more of the creative side of it. That's why I can build a website. I can make it look pretty. So that's kind of where I thought about. Okay, well somebody asked me to be on their team and write for them and submit content, things like that. I'm thinking to myself, I can't write as fast as like, I want to get things out there. So why don't I just like offer my website as a platform? And I never, I, I, I'll say to you now, man, I, I never made any money on, on FF couch coach. That wasn't, that, that wasn't what it was about. I just, I wanted to have my place in those clicks that I saw when I was hovering, you know, I, I just thought it was so cool. I like, now it's known as uh, the fantasy football community on on Twitter, and you know it's a big deal. You got the big guys like Scott Fish doing big things like for charity, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's just so cool. There's just so much of that going around, and I'm I'm happy to 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 know that I, I made a small impact, and uh, you know I, I help guys like you, good guys like you, you know, find their voice, and uh, I I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, you know, I've always just wanted to give guys 
a, a little bit of a platform and uh, say what you got to say because all that all that weather research that you do, I, I, I like I said, I don't think like that. <laughs> I don't see things that way. There's no there's no way that I could ever produce that content. So I help out. You know, I I, I, I do what I can to to help guys like you. Uh, oh, and by the way, I do remember who who retweeted it. It's it's the only time he's ever retweeted me, but it was uh, it was Matt Harmon. <laughs> it, was, it was Matt Harmon. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, looking for writers, looking yeah. for writers, you know, something like that. And uh, he retweeted it, and and you, you responded, and you still owe me a six pack. I do actually. That is, <laughs> you've been on my list for quite some time, and I've actually got uh, I've got some brew ready to send to you, my man. So we'll, I'll have awesome. to get your I'll have to get your address after we get out of here. So cool. now that uh, so FFCC, unfortunately, rest in peace. It's now gone away. Uh, but now I know you're doing work yes. over with the Dynasty Trade Calculator, so can you tell us a bit about what's going on over there and uh, what can people look for when they go to DTC? Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, I just, I, I love those guys. When I say those guys, I'm talking about uh, John Paul Hurley, Izzy, and uh, John Moder. Um, they're the, uh, the three collective partners of DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Um, that website, for me, is one of the pinnacle tools when it comes to trading in Dynasty. It isn't the end-all, be-all, and I will say that. They will say that. Uh, it's not. That's not what it's about. It's about having the best tools in your toolbox. You can hang a picture by pulling out the level and blah, 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 but you can also get a laser level, and it's a lot quicker. It's a more efficient tool. That's what the Dynasty Trade Calculator does for you. Uh, like I kind of touched on when I was editing and publishing and promoting articles for FF Couch Coach, I was promoting things that were done by people that I that were beyond my understanding. So that is what is going on with DTC. Through all these little science-y algorithms that I can't begin to understand, uh, they created these formulas that determine values for players, right? <clears throat> and now... They were. It enables them to give them an uh, evaluation. So that valuation applies to our trading, and it's highly uh, it's highly customizable. Whether you're in a PPR, half PPR, not PPR, twelve team, ten team. You know, there's like so many different customizations for it. Uh, tight end, premium, things like that, and it tells you who's 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 better in a trade, whether it's Saquon or OBJ. It, it, it gives you a value for for that distinct player. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm helping out over there with the uh, with the weekly ranking updates, the ADP, and of course the uh, the, the the line of DTC T-shirts that have been coming out lately. Uh, like I like I mentioned, I'm a graphic designer, so that's kind of we're, we're seeing that there's a, a demand for, for for shirts. So we're we're making it happen, and people, you can get your uh, your Dynasty Owners Manual shirts out there as well. Absolutely, and yeah, we can could not go through this podcast without shouting out <clears throat> the FF Outfitters, able to actually get our shirts seen up there on Amazon and whatnot. So I'm, I'm definitely digging that. So Dynasty Trade Calculator, go check it out. FF Outfitters through Amazon, definitely go check that out. You can get your Dynasty Owners Manual T-shirt uh, whenever you pop on Amazon and uh, go ahead and put your order in today. But now, getting into the actual meat of the conversation tonight, uh, we wanted to talk about just, I mean, it's the off season, right? And <clears throat> we've got a ton of rookie content, 
coming out already. We've had rookie content coming out since, I think, the middle of January, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Combine coming up here within the next week and a half. The draft is a couple months away. I mean, so it's the off season, at least for right now. And what do you do during the off season? I guess in order to prepare for your startup, if you're doing any startups this year, or preparing for your rookie drafts. I guess what is your general approach to looking at either existing teams or again your startups? Are you uh, looking at your veterans to see if you're going to be cutting them? Are you trying to uh, acquire picks or trade away players? Or what is your general approach uh, when it comes to the off season? Okay, so before I talk about the off season, let's uh, let's touch a little bit on the uh, the on season. It's a busy time, man. It's it week in, week out. If you're doing, I mean, j- just to manage your own teams. And when I say teams, it, it's probably um, it's probably a good average to to assume that we all have at least say five teams. <laughs> so setting lineups, uh, checking waivers. Uh, doing your DFS teams like there's just so much going on week to week and then if you're doing any kind of content whether it's a podcast or a website or promotions things like that there's so much going on every week then there's news and there's Twitter every day all day it's a long season it's a it's an exhausting season and then you get into the playoffs and then the Super Bowl finally it's over a little bit finally it's I, I get I get to breathe a little bit, so that's that's what I do, man. I I, I just for you know not not a long time. I, I I you know I'm not like a I don't know I don't not know what's going on. I'll, I'll cruise on on Roto World and, and check it out, and I'll, there's certain podcasts that I still like to listen to, but for at least a few weeks, like like two three weeks, I'm just kind of <clears throat> unplugged where I'm not like immersed in my teams because it's all it's every it's I mean Dynasty it's that doesn't stop so. Yeah. Um, they'll be there waiting for me. And this is the thing. My, my leagues, they have a natural way of pulling me back in. Um, they have a way of getting me to participate when the time comes. And when that time comes, we're all fiends, right? So the guys in my, guys and gals in my leagues, they're, they're fiends. They're, they're, they're bigger fiends than I am. They're the ones that, that are, that are making me be competitive because now I'm like, Oh crap, I got to keep up with this guy. Well, if they're pulling me in, so that is happening in February. It's already starting to happen. You know what I mean? So we're already ahead of the game. This isn't where, you know, I'm slacking off. It's just that we're such freaks. It's, <laughs> it, we're, we're, we're so ahead. So I'll have plenty of time to, to catch up on the rookies, you know, as, as it come at, as it comes at me, you know, the next couple of weeks or so, I'll have a good grasp on who I like. Uh, the, the, and it's because I'm going to be listening to all the, all the smarter people than me out there, basically. Absolutely. And then, so for any of the teams, once you do get pulled in, I mean, is there, do you immediately just start by, all right, well, I'm just going to start cutting some of these other players or do you start trading? Are you just, are you just waiting for the, waiting for the, uh, for the rookie draft? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, when I say unplug, like sometimes I'll, I'll check it. Like I'll check out my roster. I want to see if, you know, it's not. It's very rare when the season's off. Like, of course, waivers are going to be turned off, but I like to see what uh, what free agents are on the waiver wires uh, as far as getting ready for my rookie draft. Because I don't. I mean, rookies are fine. I prefer established veterans. So if I'm going to be, if I have a, a plethora of 
third and fourth round rookie draft picks in 2019, say. Instead of taking a flyer on some guy who might not even make his, his NFL team, uh, that he gets drafted by, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for those guys that are, that are gonna be on the, on the waiver wire that might, might have slipped through the cracks or just one of those guys. Somebody, somebody that maybe you could trade for because somebody else has their eye on that, that one little rookie that they think that's gonna, is gonna pop. Chances are they're, they're not, it's not gonna happen. Like statistically, uh, again, the, the guys that are smarter than, than, than me uh, have done the research, and uh, it shows that the, the, the rookies, they're diamonds in a rough. Like, you, the, of course, you can do your research, and there's so many college guys that, that do know their stuff. But as far as finding productivity for, for a team that's going to win you a cha- uh, championship that year, like that following season, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather get a veteran that I could get two, three years out of because then you never know what's going to happen in the future. And those end of roster guys that Chris was talking about are the hardest ones I find. I find such a difficult time to let go of those guys because the end of the roster guys are the ones like you pour your heart and soul into. I feel like we put as much work into those guys as we do our primary assets. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to let go sometimes. That that's why I uh, I'm a big fan of thirty man rosters. Yeah, because it, it, you know that. And my some of my friends like my my it's I, I'm trying to get my hometown friends kind of turned around more to the fruits of dynasty options <laughs> that are on uh, myfantasyleague.com. They uh, they they just don't know what they're missing with, with certain things. Now the the argument against that is. Oh well, I I, I want to make sure that there's there's some players that that could be taken up off the, off the waivers uh, during the season because then it's just a, a dry wasteland. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's kind of the point. We're right. in, we're in dynasty here. Like there there shouldn't be good players on the waivers. Now the only player the only players that you should snatch up during the during the dynasty season is somebody who's like third in the depth chart and he just so happens to to get the the, the starting job. Yeah, if I'm in a league where I have to cut Kendrick Bourne, I'm swinging on somebody. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about rookie picks a little because that's the kind of season we're in. And uh, kind of want to hear your philosophy on rookie picks. I'm in between the hoarding phase and the uh, the acquiring players phase because I technically do both. Um, right about now, I'm taking as many rookie picks as possible because. It seems to happen a lot. It didn't happen the last couple of years because just the classes were so overpowered. But we get these years where it's like, oh, these rookies aren't very good. This isn't a good year. We've got a down year. And then, like you said, all the fiends come out. It gets close to draft time, and everybody all of a sudden wants to draft it again. So where I'm not a huge advocate for picking rookies, I do want rookie picks. How do you handle rookie picks right about now? I love having rookie picks uh, because I learned to uh, train myself to to look at rookie picks and players even as money. Because the the thing is, is with players you get attached to them, like a lot. You 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 said it yourself. Ken, what was it, Kendrick Bourne? Um, we we find ourselves getting emotionally attached to these players because we've spent so much time, whether it's <clears throat> writing an article about them or just hanging on to them for a long time. So you're committed to that player. And instead of doing that anymore, and it's helped me in redraft, now I can look at that player just as a money piece. Okay, it's not even worth it. I'm cutting them. So you can pick somebody else's potential off the waiver that has more likelihood because you were looking at airyards.com. 
and you're, you're seeing the opportunity, you know, the things like that where you're making smarter decisions. So with rookie picks, I love having them because I like to get them as throw-ins. So if I'm, if I'm doing a trade, you know, wide receiver for wide receiver, I always get, I always like to get a third or a fourth in return because I'm not really looking to make a pick in the fourth round of that class at all. Like that fourth round picks, like they, they're usually trash. They're usually throwaways. Like I said, sometimes they don't even make their NFL team. But the thing is, is if you start looking at that as a money piece, now you're talking because if, if it's, if it's a fourth round pick, well, if we equate it to a quarter, you got four quarters. Now you got a buck. So if you're, if you add two quarters, maybe you can get a 50 cent piece. You know what I mean? So now that you've hoarded your picks is what I'm trying to say. If you trade two fourths, now maybe you can, you can kick it up and get a third just because you need the, you, you don't need those two roster spots with somebody else has their eye on, on two guys that might slip down to the fourth. Well, now you might have them, you know, and I'm talking about trading while, while, while uh, the draft is going on. You can do that. If you if you hoard your picks, worst comes to worst, you're cutting your fourth round picks. Who cares? And another thing that's important about hoarding those third or fourths and always getting them added when you can is that other people want them added when they can as well. So the way I've always thought about those late thirds and fourths, they're getting trades done. There are a lot of people that'll walk away from trades for a third, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but they just need that added piece. And if you don't have it to give to them you don't get the trade done so you can even think about those thirds as uh as executed trades as well if you would like to think about them that way sure and it's also cool that you can recognize that adam because then you can use it as a weapon as well in trading because then if you're willing to kind of you know let your ego aside and just want to get the deal done because you're the one that's getting the piece that you want if, if the end game is to get good players and you got a good player and uh that person was going to walk away, then, you know, maybe sometimes just let it happen because you're like, whatever, dude, like what's he going to do with that third or that fourth, yep. you know, some, it, but you recognize that it's just a pawn in your game of chess. Like that's what you're trying to do with that piece. You're not really, you don't actually care about the third. Like you're not even thinking about the rookie draft at all. Like, and you'll look along the way, you're, you're going to have other trades and you can get another third or another fourth. So again, so sometimes you just got to think of it as a commodity. Yeah, so I just finished my first draft. Well, I guess it's in the 23rd round, so it's close to done, but happened to get no QB uh, in a super flex. So I've got a lot of trading to do, but I've gotten a lot of value. And you're hitting a very important topic, especially for this time of the year, because so many people want to go on Twitter and say that they're in running back trouble or wide receiver trouble. You're not in trouble whatsoever. You don't have to set a lineup for months. So this is the best time of year to stop looking at names and and look at dollar figures, as you alluded to. I mean, uh, I drafted Tyreek Hill at 203, and it was a pretty good deal there. But I knew he wasn't going to make it to my starting lineup next year. When I took him there, I was essentially taking the three pieces that I ended up getting for him and, and not Tyreek Hill. So excellent point there and i also got the the 101 the 106 the 108 112 and 201 in that draft just because picks were being devalued but i bet you i don't even make a rookie pick so even more to your point there yeah and i'm not always talking about just thirds or fourths like you know this pertains to first and seconds too i'm always going to try to shop now i mean of course there's context matters when when we're talking about trading those two for instance uh I had the 101 
when Saquon Barkley was coming in. You couldn't pry it away from. I knew that Saquon was coming. So there, of course, context matters. But I, uh, I also maneuvered to acquire that 101. Two years prior, I, I had Jordan Howard. Uh, I traded him for somebody else's first round pick. That first round pick, I drafted Leonard Fournette. Uh, after Leonard Fournette had a successful season, I'm like, you know what, dude? I don't trust this guy's ankles, whatever's going on. Uh, let me trade him. I, I trade it to the guy who I thought was going to get the, uh, you know, the worst record in the, in the league. And it turns out he did. So that's, that's what I had to do. It was two years in the making for me to get that one-on-one, for me to get safe. <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Uh, so yeah, sometimes, nice. sometimes you got to just hang on. But at the same time, second round picks, third round, you can just, you can trade up. You can trade a second round pick and uh, say a, a Doug Ball win and maybe get a, uh, a lower end first round pick if, if that's what you want. You know, if that's the rookie that you, you got your eye on or whatever and you need to flip your team a little bit, um, you can start trading little, little other, other pieces rather. But on the contrary, you, if you need to acquire a Doug Baldwin, you can do that too. And that's what I love about these drafts because, um, like you said, these guys get uh, rookie fever. When they do, sometimes they, oh my God, I, I can't believe you fell to 210. This guy fell to 210. I got to have him. And then, you, you know, you got him. You can get his useful veteran that's already on his, on his roster that you know is starting next year who, who's receiving passes from who, you know what I mean? Like, you know, their situation, you know, their production. Uh, they show it year in, year out and you think everything's going to be fine. So boom, that, that guy that I just described, he is going to be the, the target that you're just going to look for. There's middling guys, not, you know, I mean, you, you can knock it out of the park sometimes and, and get a major player, but I'm talking about those little guys where you're like, I got him, like a Traquan Smith or something. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, yeah, okay, I, 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 I got him on this one. Where, uh, they're, they're going to wait. Whether it could be a play, a promising player that they're getting in the rookie draft, but they might have to wait on that player too, an extra year or two or three, depending on who it is, because that's a fresh rookie. Whereas my guy, the guy that I'm already have my eye on that's on your roster, uh, he could have been in the league for two, three years already. And I wanted to quick, quickly ask, so uh, both of you guys, uh, Adam and Justin, it seems like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to the off season. When it comes to looking at either your rookies, your veterans, if you want to trade your picks or you want to try and acquire a player and, and acquire a pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Justin, what is your typical approach to, to making trades? Are you uh, sending cold offers? Are you trying to put out some bait like here and there in order to say, all right, well, I know that you're really looking to acquire this rookie or that rookie or whomever. I mean, what is your typical approach to, to making trades? Okay. I've, uh, I've, I've metamorphosized as far as trades goes. I used to be a trading fiend. Like it used to be the, 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 the bane of my existence. Um, my home league, they, they laugh. They're, oh my God, I can't believe Barlow didn't send me a, a trade offer already. They've been amazed about how, how far I've come as far as not sending out so many offers. Um, I used to, because I, this, this is the thing. Now that I have multiple leagues, uh, I don't really need that fix, I guess, during the week. Um, but back in the, back in the day when I only had one, uh, one league, I would, that's how I would pass the week where there's like no extra news and I wasn't on Twitter yet and things like that. So I'm like looking at how the, all these different combinations and how can I get this and oh, who, who can I trade two, two for one? And there's like so many different ways that you can look at it. But with Dynasty anymore, I'm much more content because 
first of all, I like the teams that I draft. I like when I when I'm able to make decent uh, maneuvers on the waivers. And uh, throughout the season, one of my favorite times of the year is to trade or, or to make offers or like to kind of what I call it is like roster stalking is like that that cusp right before the uh, fantasy playoffs, like right before the fantasy playoffs, because you know that certain teams that are like that maybe limped into the playoffs or, or even a team that dominated. Uh, you you look at his roster and you're like, ooh, like he doesn't have Adam Thielen uh, coming into his first uh, playoff week or whatever. Like whatever his weakness is, you can prey on that. And then you can say, okay, well, I'll send you this. And then you can you can seriously like don't send an insulting offers, but you can also send something that's slightly lopsided in your direction because situation matters, context matters. Like it doesn't you're not just sending it to be fair. This isn't buddy-buddy. I'm your competition. I do want to win the trade. I don't want to take advantage of people all the time, but if I can, sure, I'm, I'm not going to you know, feel bad about it. That is one aspect where uh, the DTC calculator like it comes in huge because you can, you can put players and, and the picks on one side, and on the other side you can put just picks or whatever combination you want to do. And then you can see how, how everything evaluates on each side and uh, see what you think would be fair to send as an offer. So sometimes I'll do that as an exercise just to kind of get my stuff straight in my head. So I'm like, okay, would this make sense? You know, what, what would they say? And then I plug that in and I'm like, okay, what? Well, okay, yeah. So if, uh, maybe I can get the deal done right away if I just add, add a third to this and boom, they won't even be able to say no. You know what I mean? Like things like that. It gets you in the net that much. It, it almost gives you like a, an advantage before, before the trade offers even start. A few things that, that you brought up there first back to trading and and kind of knowing your enemy is kind of what I gathered from that but from the rookie draft perspective this is when the the Leo Pasiga episode with the notebook comes in and if you haven't heard that one that's a listen but Leo keeps a notebook on all his, uh, his opponents but yeah Leo is awesome yes definitely specifically right before the rookie draft so everybody's grinding the tape or looking into the market shares or the dominator scores um they're going to have players that they love. I would just recommend keeping a little note of people in your league, who they've been touting on Twitter, um, who they've expressed loving. Keep your rookie picks. I'm hoarding all those picks, and like I said, I probably won't make a rookie pick. I'm going to move them, but I'm probably going to move them on draft day. So if I've got the 108, and I know that this person loves A.J. Brown, and that A.J. Brown happened to fall to the 108, as soon as I'm on the clock, I'm going to that person. I'm like, okay, your dude. You know, fell to the 108, what do you want to send for him? And that's another way, like you were saying, you might get a lopsided trade done, not because you're trying to take advantage of the person, but because that's their guy, and I might not believe in A.J. Brown quite as much as they do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you have ever have the privilege of doing a uh, live home draft or like a draft uh, in person with other people, <laughs> That is another um, way that you can play on it because if somebody's like kind of sweating it out and you know who's there, who's mm-hmm. available, you can kind of like look at the person or just like straight up, you know, it's very powerful to be able to communicate face to face instead of through some text message or whatever. Um, turning to, to, to somebody face to face and be like, what do you think? You know what I mean? And just kind of negotiate. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we do this? Take care of this. Uh, trade me. And, you know, maybe you want to start. Um, I mean, I don't know the players coming into it, but from my understanding, the 2020 class is supposed to be pretty good. So yeah. you, you could even start trading your, uh, trading back from 
you know, 2019 picks to, to 2020 to just kind of stockpile those. Yeah, like you mentioned that I, I told Brian Malone about my trade today because I'm talking to him a lot because we did the cohort report two weeks ago, and that was uh, basically Brian Malone's database that's showing you uh, which players are relatable based on their career arcs thus far. What I've been able to do with the cohort report is do uh, what I call a tear down. So uh, let's say I have Odell Beckham and I have Tyreek Hill, which I do, which I did have. You can target AJ Green plus and Julio Jones plus. Now you have Julio and AJ, still a great wide receiver combination, but a little bit older. And then you got those pluses, which going back to your statement could have been those added first or especially the 2021st. Like imagine if I did uh, OBJ for Julio in a 2021st and then I did Tyreek for AJ in a 2021st or whatever. Still going to get that great production next year, but I'm going to get those 2021st in addition to that. So the, the tear down is another part of the arsenal that you kind of brought to my attention. Exactly. You're so you're, you're backfilling your team with the picks, the, the future picks. And you're still getting uh, almost equal, if not equal, production uh, from the uh, older player. I'm okay with with older players because I like winning. You know what I mean? I I, I just the the points are more important to me. So I'll worry about getting younger talent throughout the season or just at a later time. It doesn't like I don't go into it with no picks. Just because I trade them doesn't mean I don't get them back later on. Right, and I, I think that's the best way to go. And actually building off of that, so when we're talking about some of the older players, I mean, what are you doing with some of the older players and big-name assets from 2018? So Damian Williams has pretty much been a, a, a hot topic during, during the off season, But players like him, A.B., with him being in the news right now, uh, Tevin Coleman, who's set to hit free agency, or even like players like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, quarterback that's still... I mean, if we're talking about current production or even 2019 production, we would project him to be, you know, one of the top five QBs somewhere in there. But we know that he's also getting pretty old. So, what would you do with any one of those players, or just pick a couple and go with and riff off that? Well, <clears throat> like a Damian, I, uh, I, I, I know, like you seriously, you probably hear everybody say this. Any personal friend of mine could could back me up on this. I've I've liked Damian Williams. Since he was in Miami, uh, stubbornly, like, like to the point where I like, why, dude? He would, he would actually message me. I'm talking about my friend. He, dude, why haven't you dropped Damian Williams? <laughs> like, he's gonna, like, because was for me, it was opportunity, and he was only behind uh, Lamar Miller at the time, who just wasn't popping. So, uh, anyway, I would, uh, I would buy him. I just wouldn't overpay because my problem is. I don't know if he's going to sustain the dominant role there. Like, we don't know if they're going to draft another running back uh, in, in this rookie class. So we'll have to wait and see. That being said, I do like him as a player, so I would buy him most certainly. Um, I, I, I like his metrics. Uh, he's a good player. Like I mentioned, I've, I've liked him for a while, so I would buy him. Um, I just uh, I don't know if I'd pay. I, I'd probably pay a, a late first, and, and that's, that's about as high as I go. Only because I'm stubborn, and I like I said, I wouldn't overpay just because the the value isn't there. Rogers, I I'm selling him on his name. Uh, I don't I don't think that you're going to get. I I mean, I, it's hard to say whether or not he's going to get solid, consistent week in week out fantasy point production. Uh, so me, I'm going to cash in 
on his name recognition, whether it be two, B, uh, uh, two QB leagues or one QB. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to see if I can get something really good for, for, for Rodgers, whether I package him with somebody else and, and get a deal done or, or whatever. But I'm going to, I'm going to try and move on just because for me, QBs are deep and, uh, you can capitalize. You know, you can get equal value out of another quarterback who is, uh, much cheaper, much cheaper. So, um, yeah, I, I, w- I would, uh, that would be a scenario where I might even be looking to get some, uh, a pick or picks for Rodgers. And you could definitely get that done in a 2QB especially, or Superflex. As far as, say, a Tevin Coleman, I've always liked him since he was a rookie. I, I just, uh, I've been waiting for him to pop. I know he was disappointing last year when Freeman's been out, and he's only had to uh, compete with a rookie, Nito Smith, but I still would, oh, I'm definitely holding if I already if I already own him. I'm, I'm not selling because at this point, it's like, nah, 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 he's, he's mine. I, <laughs> I'm going to wait and see because I deserve this. Whether or not he turns out to be successful, I deserve this. The thing with Antonio Brown, man, what the hell happened? <laughs> um, he amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing athlete. I'm definitely going to be watching this entire situation to see how everything unfolds. But I don't have any doubt in my mind as to whether or not he's going to dominate on a football field next season. Like what? Right. That, and that's kind of the crap mm-hmm. that I was talking about before. Where if you're kind of stepping back a little bit and you, you, you want to unplug for a few weeks. We're only hearing about all this crazy right. wild stuff because, one, he finally gets to have some time off. Jesus, the, the Steelers have gone deep into the playoffs for how many years? You know what I mean? So now it's like, all right, I get to kick back a little bit. Let me go. You know, I don't I don't know what he's doing, but, like, I want, I'd have fun too. Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm 35. I would want to have fun. You know, things are busy, man. Life's hectic. What's wrong right. with the guy having a little bit of fun? And if he's going to mouth off a little bit, then stop putting a microphone in his face if it bothers <laughs> you so much. You know, preach, man. Keep it going. Yeah, I uh, I love Antonio Brown. I fancy a wide receiver in the league that has a little bit of a personality and isn't afraid to show it. I like a person that doesn't allow themselves to be kicked around, uh, whether it be by the media or their employer or whatever. It's like I don't give a shit who you are. Whether or not you have power or whatever, you know, we're all humans. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. I'm excited to see where he ends up because, to me, nobody knows what it's like to be in the Steelers organization. We don't know, like, for, you know, all the prestige that surrounds it and all this other stuff. And I'm not speaking badly about the organization. Like I said, we don't know. That means I don't know. I have no idea. For all I know, Antonio Brown is crazy. (laughs) I don't know. But... All I'm saying is that we have to be open to the possibility that things in this society are not looked at as a, uh, from a psychological standpoint. Um, anytime anybody acts up, they're automatically labeled, oh, man, that, what, he's, he's just a crazy, he, or he's a jerk off, or this guy's a dickhead, or he, he's a millionaire, just shut up and, and do the work. Nah, man, you shut up. Who the fuck are you? You know? I, I just, maybe people need to be listening to like, there's a symptom there, you know? He didn't just decide to roll out of the bed and be nuts one day. Right. Maybe, maybe Roethlisberger is an asshole, really hard to deal with, or whatever. You don't know what he's dealing with. He's like, all right, I'm a man here then. Let me go. Let me go. I'll, I'll go. You have your juju, and you know, I love you guys, whatever. You're all my brothers, but I got to step off and I got to go do my own thing. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, let, let him be happy. So what? And you know, from a dynasty perspective, it, I talked about on the bar two nights ago, 
we don't even have the credentials to discuss his his mental state anyways even if yeah. we even if it were a talking point however it would not be a talking point if he were scoring points right now but yep. if you want some practical application out of this conversation i took him at 310 in a superflex startup because of me. the timing of the you're kidding me absolutely oh, and it's because amazing. of the timing so if you just want to listen in from from the side and not put your perspective into it because we don't have any credentials to talk on it anyways but like you said you could step away from it not hear any of this and then just have probably the wide receiver one next year on your team and it's like oh i'm happy yeah. to have it in, in your Brown. third slot in your third slot <laughs> how nice would that be actually <laughs> when, he, yes. when he's hooking up with jimmy g over in san francisco because right. now he's in sunny he's in sunny san fran yeah you know, he's not freezing come on i mean like there's a lot of things that could go play in, in the play here and we all know um you know matt kelly's been talking about it for a long time he's this is one of the guys that like we expect to be in the league for a long time what's he 31 yeah. you know 30. he could 30 30 okay yeah. that's even better he, he yeah. could very well last until he's 35 he's not huge He's not mm-hmm. gangly. He doesn't have like different constraints on his joints that and other players. And does not win with physical attributes. Yeah, like that. right. That's he wins not with how he sheer wins. talent. He's a technician. The guy is a exactly. surgeon at football. He's a mm-hmm. surgeon at football. So wherever he goes, if he and he's going to choose, don't don't get it twisted. Like and maybe he does go to the NFC. All right, cool. But what if he goes to like Green Bay? Well, I ain't mm-hmm. trading. I ain't trading Rodgers then. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So we can always see, but that's the yeah. thing, man. We can always see. So what goes on is people are just bored right now. That's it. Yeah. They're but just keep, bored. Keep so all gonna... this in in mind. I mean, we we can follow this from afar and and not worry about it, but take advantage of it. Another one that I'm afraid to even talk about because I want to try to acquire them. You discussed it earlier. Leonard Fournette is so cheap, and I, I fully understand the whole injury thing, and I probably wouldn't keep him on my team very long. But if I had to put a million dollars that his ADP is not going that his ADP is going to be higher midway through the season, I would bet a million dollars on that. There's no way his ADP isn't going to get higher, and it's because of drama. Just like with the AB a- situation, he was already priced for his ankle injuries. That wasn't news. We knew he had the ankle injuries and. Go figure, he had them this year. However, that was already baked into his incredibly high price. What wasn't baked in was him sitting on the sideline and laughing with TJ Yeldon. Now, isn't it amazing how ADP reflects one dramatic situation? Same thing with Antonio Brown. I was able to start a startup with OBJ, Tyreek, and Antonio. That should not be fair. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. He's going to get a million touches. No idea who's going to play quarterback. I'm not going to want to keep him long enough to injure his ankles again. But if you're into stocks and you're about flipping for profit soon, Leonard Fournette is definitely the type of player that you should look for surrounded by that drama. Just forget about the drama. Like you said, you can tune it out, come back in two months, and it's like, huh, I could probably sell Leonard Fournette now that his ADP is back to well, 20. Yeah, and you know what helps you get past the, the drama, the the noise, the coach speak, whatever you whatever you want to call it, you know what helps you focus on really what's important here, and that's like you said, uh, getting a profit and and winning in the long run, winning uh, trades and and getting you know, improving your roster. The thing that helps you get better at focusing is uh, when you look at it like money. When you stop 
and you're like, okay, all right, f- f- I, it's forget forget the angle. It, he's not going to get you know kicked off the team. Um, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. he could he could keep having issues, but if the price is right, now that that's the big thing. You can't buy for too much. Then that that's where it's kind of iffy. Like, what do you you got to? There are things that matter on this thing. Uh, the Jaguars terrify me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that team with that franchise. But this is the, like you touched on the the passing game is atrocious. They're going to run the ball. I mean, Tom Coughlin, he's not going to have it any other way. So the volume should be there, but we also have to weigh in with the with the health also. So he could be a buy, but just kind of approach delicately because uh, at this point, people who own him probably will want to uh, have him because of. Uh, stubbornness. They've had him this long, and they want to get something out of him because he's been hurt a lot. Yeldon's had had a, had a chance to shine. Who, who by the way, I would I, I like him. I, I would like to buy him. He, he's he's a free agent, and uh, I, I would like to own more of TJ Yeldon. Yeah, I know a lot of people are trying to pick him up uh, this season because I'm I'm thinking that after the way that he played, people are looking at him. Then they're looking at Tevin Coleman. And they're kind of thinking, well, uh, you know, if I could get T.J. Yeldon for cheaper, and look at the and get similar production, and looking at like similar talents, then yeah, I'll go ahead and get the get the cheaper guy in T.J. Yeldon. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming and sitting down and talking with us tonight, man. Uh, I mean, of course, guys. again, this has been so long, you know, in, in trying to put this together. So again, thank you for your time. And but before we get you out of here, um, is there anything else going on at DTC that we want to know? FF Outfitters that we want to know? Uh, I mean, any other organization that you're supporting right now that we should be aware of? And let the folks know before we get you out of here, man. Uh, well, one, I really appreciate it, guys. That was it's it was fun. We definitely have to do it again sometime. Yeah, uh, at Dynasty Trade Calculator, uh, we're going to be having uh, more uh, more of a regular newsletter coming out that's going to feature the uh, updated podcast, the articles, uh, the T-shirts, of course, that we have. Um, a lot of ideas coming out. So we have uh, a Saquon social media poll T-shirt. There's a some TV show themed. There, there's there's some really good ideas up there, and some fun ideas that support the the show and the. Uh, the website so check those out and the biggest thing that you take away from the uh conversation here is check out the the, the calculator it's not even I, i'm not being a salesman here this is not uh, you're you're missing out if you don't have it. basically you're because i have it and if you're trading with me you know that i'm using it <laughs> and uh you don't want to know like you it's, it's it's an advantage you, you, it's basically like you're selling your car without looking at the kelly blue book Sure, you're not going to get exactly that. You might not. You, the, the blue book could be like, eh, a little off. But man, you, you want to? It gives you a little bit of a price point to work with. So keep that in mind. And it's it's extremely cheap for for the tool that you're getting and uh, the money that you put into fantasy football and the time that you put into it. You're getting your money back tenfold. It's like ridiculous to not have the uh, dynasty trade calculator. As far as FF Outfitters, that was just a fun little fun little project that I that I fell into i've i've had a lot of fun with it so far um I'm, I'm i'm signing on with a lot of i'm partnering up with a lot of uh cool websites fantasy football websites very reputable websites and uh podcasts if anybody out there is looking to get t-shirts made available to their audience hit me up on uh on twitter my twitter handle is at ff couch coach we can talk 100 percent, man and i 
couldn't thank you enough for getting us hooked up. And so we hope that more folks will go out and uh, get some uh, owner's manual T-shirts out there to the to the general public. So definitely go and check those out when you get a chance. Uh, but again, Justin, thank you for sitting down with us tonight. Adam, do we have anything for the folks we, before we get on out of here tonight? Yeah, so keep plugging those pods. We've got the Debbie owner's manual. It's the time of year to check that out. So definitely start catching up. And then best ball owner's manual, we can't wait to get that started. Uh, go get your T-shirts like we just talked about at FF underscore Outfitters. Other than that, we're going to be on new platform soon. That's something we're working on. And then we've got some other little cool things going on behind the scenes. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the shows, please go rate and review. That helps us out a ton, especially sponsorships coming up in the season. Appreciate your listen and hope you enjoyed. Absolutely. And uh, for Adam, I'm Chris Allen. Again, you can find Adam at AP Wild, W-I-L-D-E. And you can find me at Chris Allen, FFWX on Twitter. We thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. 101 pick when it hits you feel no pain praying for the fantasy championship dynasty. hit the books kid read this pamphlet called the dynasty o- owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic